You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. All right, happy Friday, everybody. Uh, We have your mailbag questions coming up in just a minute. But first, some breaking news. Steve Versnick. The Rowdies have lost coach Neil Collins. He is leaving to take over at Barnsley, uh, their football club, with the English Football League One. The team announced that on Thursday. So his final uh, game will be the match against the Oakland Roots uh, at Alling Stadium. Yeah, this Saturday, he's been uh, extremely successful as a coach of the Rowdies. Um, won coach of the year a couple of years ago, has led the team to the four straight playoffs now, uh, including two years in a row as the best record in, in the USL Championship League. Uh, what He's fourth in the league in history in the most, most wins with 85 of them. So mm-hmm. um, this is a huge loss for the Rowdies. Uh, Neil Collins going to back to England. He, that's the third tier league in, in England. Okay. which is better than the second-tier league in America, which is what the USL Championship is, obviously below the MLS. Um, and sense. it's going back home for him. Going home, um, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he spent seven years here, um, but tremendously successful coach. I mean, the Rowdies consistently are one of the top teams in the USL Championship. They are again this year. They got off to a slow start this year, but they've really turned it around with a lot of new players this year. And, and again, they're, what, top three, I think, in the – I haven't looked at the standings last week or so, but – uh, their top two or three teams in the Eastern Conference this year again, uh, on their way to to hopefully making another playoff run this year. So, uh, huge loss for the Rowdies. Uh, one of the assistant coaches is going to be the interim coach for now, Stuart Dobson, until mm-hmm. they they find a replacement. They'll play a video tribute to him Saturday at the right. game. Um, but, you know, it's and this is the hard part for American soccer is the calendar doesn't line up with the rest of the world. So, like in Europe, in England, or Europe, they start soccer in August, or football as they call it, in August mm-hmm. and play through May. Well, the weather in the United States doesn't allow that in the northern communities. So, our soccer season is like March through October. So, you're losing Neil Collins in the middle of the season so that he can start in Europe on time. Just like Lionel Messi coming here is joining Inter-Miami on July 21st, after the All-Star break for the second half of the season because the European season just ended at the end of May. Well, uh, all I can say is this, and I don't know Neil, and, and, and I will, you can see what his resume has been, but as an organization, the Rowdies to me have been a huge success. I mean, this mm-hmm. is like the second or third iteration of the Rowdies, but, um, and I guess it's a credit to Stuart Sternberg and, and, and the Rays' ownership, which also owns the Rowdies, to some degree, what they have done with Alang um, Stadium, Alang Field, uh, there on the waterfront, which is still one of the most beautiful venues in sport, uh, but you have an opportunity to get really close to the pitch, really close. There's a, there's a obviously a, there's even a section there where you can practically stand on on the sideline uh, and touch the guy with a throw in if you wanted to. But um, uh, it it's it is just a good product and a successful team and. And a hell of a lot of fun. I've only been to one game, and I hope to go to more. But 
I'm telling you, um, that's a good time. And so credit to them both for putting on a team that's competitive. And listen, when you lose a coach at this stage of the of your season, and it's inevitable, like you said, in terms of the timing, uh, is not lined up perfect with Europe, but that's a tough thing because now you're you know you're, you're getting into the playoff stretch and 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 you want to try to win a championship. So he's a, he's going to be missed uh, and missed right away, I would think. Yeah, and, and you know, and talking to people that have covered the Rowdies and worked with him, I mean, he's been such a great guy to work with too. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. not only is he a really good coach on the field, but a great ambassador for the team. Um, you know, just. It, it, this is a huge loss for the, the Rowdies, and, and you know we'll see what they do. And you know it was actually he was hired by Bill Edwards, the the previous owner before Stu Sternberg bought the team. Uh, and they've obviously kept him on, and and Neil was very complimentary in his statements about you know Stu Sternberg and the and the crew at the Rowdies giving him the resources to do what they've done, and they've been extremely successful. Uh, but now they have to go find another coach to to continue to go on and hopefully take him to a championship. It's the one thing that eluded Neil. Uh, got to the the, the championship game in the COVID year, and then they didn't play because of COVID. Uh, and then the next year got to the championship and lost to Orange County. Uh, so he got there twice, but you know, one time they didn't play, one they lost. So he wasn't able to win a championship, and that's the next step for the Rowdies. So hopefully as they you know find a new coach, whether it's you know this season or they wait till the offseason, um, they'll find the, the coach that can continue to upward trajectory for the team. And, and if you haven't right. been to a game at Outlink Stadium, it is a blast. My kids love it. We go a couple mm-hmm. times a year um, and, and wish we could go more. Just schedules and everything else doesn't always work out. But uh, it, is a, it is a very good time, and they're a very good team. Yeah, it's good. It's a lot of fun. So you, you hope they can push through. Sometimes interim coaches can come in and they'll rally around them. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the team is bigger than the coach, although that's obviously the leader of your, of your franchise on and off, off the field. But uh, he will be missed. We wish, wish him well uh, over there in England. All right, we'll get to your mailbag questions here in just a minute, but first I want to remind you guys how to save money on your electric bill. That's right, it's May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been operating and installing solar electric systems now for 13 years in the area. There's a lot of these companies out there, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty, plus with every installation you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances, that's what's called the May difference. If you visit the Hudson Showroom, May Electric displays all its products and conduct on-site testing. They're going to customize it exactly to your needs. You can see what they will install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. So you know who is doing the job. There's all Billy Mays guys up there uh, on, the, on the roof with the solar panels. Uh, start saving today. Call the solar energy experts. It's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your appliances through every storm season. It's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. All right, on this uh, Friday edition, we've got lots of your mailbag questions. Let's get started. All right, Jeff had emailed you. He says, I've been quiet about the Rays while it seems everyone has lost their mind. This team is like with that old Brewers team. Won 13 in a row, lost 12 in a row. If we are betting Rays or the field to make the World Series, I'll take the field. Afraid we will hit the playoffs with the bottom of the lineup giving us zero. Then who knows with Brendan Lau and Siri, leaving the top players to press. Everything we said before the season will be magnified again, if not fixed. I want a veteran bat at corner infielder catcher and maybe three arms. Wow. Who is this guy again? Jeff. I want to address him. Jeff? 
Well, Jeff, um, here's the thing. I don't know that everybody has lost their mind, but you're asking for a hell of a lot. Uh, if you're, and, and let's not go out on a limb here. So I don't know if you're a betting man, but if you gave anybody the raise or the field, I'm pretty sure most people would take the field. That's, that's, a, that's one out of 30 chance when you really break it down. So you're not really saying a whole lot there. And the wish list is a little bit long. I don't know how they're going to get all those things, right? What do you say? Veteran bat? Um, Veteran bat, a corner arms. infield or catcher, and then maybe three arms. <laughs> First of all, what's wrong with the catching? <laughs> Did that become an issue? I mean, Christian Bethencourt has been great, and Mejia is a pretty damn good backup, if you ask me. I don't think the catching is an issue on this team. You're certainly not going to find a guy out there that's going to come in here and play much better or even a little bit better. Pump the brakes. Look, as we as we do this podcast um, on this Friday, and the Rays were, um, you know, heading into a, a at the time a, a season long four game losing streak as they continue their series against the Phillies. Yeah, we're um, taping this before hot. the game Thursday night. So yeah, so who's to say what what happened there? But and they got the Braves coming after that. You just can't maintain the pace that this team was on. You know, uh, I don't think they're the Brewers. Because I don't think they're going to lose thirteen in a row. I mean, yeah, they you know the Brewers got off to a hot start two once, and I think they finished below five hundred for the season. I don't see that with this team. I think I think injuries. Now, if if you said to me, "Hey, um, Shane McClanahan's never coming back, and something might happen with another starter, and you lose a bullpen, or you know, a Rosarena goes down, Wander Franco," I mean, that's all part of it, right? You have to have a little a little luck along maybe a lot of luck along the way and I don't care what sport you're talking about look the year that the bucks won the super bowl uh really both years but certainly this past super bowl season uh a couple in 2020 they were extremely fortunate with injuries i mean their offensive line i think had one guy miss any games and that was alex cap at the end of the year and they plugged in aaron stinney and they were fine um and and so you have to have luck with injuries i don't know that the rays have had the best of luck so far They've lost two starting pitchers. I don't think offensively you can complain about them. Uh, I mean, one through nine. Um, have they tapered off a little bit? Maybe in the power numbers, you know? Um, we were you know, talking to Neil Solons the other day, and, and uh, he, you know, I think he mentioned that um, Yandy Diaz had not had a home run in the whole month of June. And, and you know, that's, that's not the way he started the season. So there's, there's been there's, there's some inevitable coming back to earth. I mean, after all, you know, baseball is still the ultimate failure sport. You know, the the best player in the world gets out seven out of ten times. So you have to cope with these sort of, you know, ups and downs of a, of a regular season. I'm not quite ready to hit the panic button. I know there's some people around Tampa Bay, especially on the radio, that have said, I'm going to hit the panic button. Well, that's because it's on your board, buddy. You can do whatever you want. But I, I don't think we're there yet. Um, lose another starting pitcher. Because, look, if if you say to me, we you know, the Rays go into any series with Shane McClanahan, Tyler Glass now, and uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, the Eflin. Starter Zach Eflin. Eflin. Zach Eflin, who's probably been their most consistent pitcher next to McClanahan. If you go into any series with those three guys and just, you know, a modicum of, of a decent bullpen, you're going to be hell for anybody in a series. You know, seven or five games, whatever it is. So, yeah, they're they're going to be a tough out. In fact, their lineup is is a tough nine outs. I think. Um, 
I don't I don't quite I don't quite feel the need to to say say this is who they've been all along. This was just we knew this would happen. They're, they're uh you're not going to get all those pieces before the trade deadline. Um we don't even know who's buyers or sellers. If I'd have told you Steve that a month and a half, two months ago, the Cincinnati Reds were going to just be a torrid team that's ripping through the National League. Would you believe me? I'd have thought they'd have been sellers. Right? Absol- Go absolutely. Ahead and look at their roster. Not no, now. I, yeah, I mean, they called up some guys, and, and also they're leading this NL Central. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the problem is that you don't even know, and teams don't know themselves whether they're in it or out of it. And, and until they do – um, it's going to be difficult to know who's going to be available. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I appreciate the passion and all of that, but a little negativity, you're more spring-loaded than Tom Jones at times. I mean, I think I'm not, I'm not there yet. I see a team that if, again, health aside, and, and every team has to have luck, um, they have stars this year that they haven't had. They have uh, all-stars, whether it's Diaz or Rosarina, Wander Franco, Guys that are that are fixtures in this lineup, and then you've got the Luke Rayleys and the Josh Lowe's, and now Brandon Lau's coming back, which is going to lengthen that lineup. I think I know people have been bowed down on Brandon Lau. I would just say, if he's healthy and he can continue to play, the more he's at second base um, and gets comfortable at the plate, he can carry you. Their record was better with him in the lineup than out of it. So, um, yeah, this is let. Let them get to the all-star break. I think it's a team that needs that all-star break. I think they're tired, um, and like most teams this time, but they've been off to such a hot start that it, they they especially could use a refresh. Uh, and they're still, as we do this podcast, Steve, they were still five and a half games ahead of the Baltimore Orioles, and they're not playing very good baseball right now. No, they're not. And, you know, and actually that actually leads to Jim's question. So uh, a transition to that. But he says, I haven't liked the way the Rays have been trending recently. The bats have cooled, starting in bullpen pitching questions, etc. Yet I just saw they had the best record in the AL in June. Do you think our expectations are just too high? Well, I do. I, I think if you're thinking they're going to go ahead and 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 you know not win 14 in a row again, but you know play 750 baseball, yeah, I think so. I, I think you know you're not going to meet Loaf as uh, my friend uh, used to say. Uh, all the time, Joe Madden. Uh, every series, you're, you're not going to win two out of three. Um, there's, you know, and at home they have been virtually unbeatable until the last couple weeks. So that pace was was just not going to maintain. Do you like the way they're trending? No. I mean, this, you know, their four game losing streak as as they entered Friday's game uh, or Thursday night's game was a season high. But almost every team's going to lose four or more games during the season at some point. Uh, I think there's only two that have that have won or lost less than that as a streak. A couple teams have lost three in a row still. One of those is the Cleveland Guardians, and they're terrible. So, you know, it it's still a, a very solid baseball team. Um, maybe not as deep in the starting pitching staff because of the injuries they've had, you know, to spring and and others. But um, I I I don't like the way they're training. Also, consider the competition. Look, the Phillies are on a on a spree right now. What have they won? Twelve in a row on the road. Eleven like as we that? go into Thursday's game. So yeah, and and I mean they have a great record overall as well, and and they're a team that can absolutely rake. They're they're loaded with with stars, high priced uh, players in that lineup. Um, you know, all the way through it. So they they're not a bad ball club. And and when you see the Atlanta Braves, 
Well, they have the best record in baseball, and for my money, I think they're gonna. I think they're, we're gonna see them in the World Series in the National League. So that's also part of it, you know. Um, people accuse them of beating up, you know, weak sisters early on in that fourteen-game winning streak, but that wasn't the case, as it's proven to be. Uh, but now, you know, as you kind of get to the All-Star break, you've got back-to-back series against two of the better teams in the National League that you don't see very often. So. Um, those things can happen. Let's just wait and see what, what occurs. But um, no, they don't like the way they're trending either. You don't want to lose. Uh, I think that, you know, they've had some hiccups in the pitching department. Uh, injuries have been a big part of that. They didn't expect to have to use an opener or spackle together four or five pitchers to get through a game. It, that hasn't always worked out for them. Taj Bradley's up, I think, a year or two too soon. But he's he's doing what you'd expect for a guy with such great stuff and little experience that he has. Um, he'll get better as the year goes on, I think. Again, uh, for both both those questions, I think we are expecting too much. If you're expecting them to play the way they played the first month and a half of the season, it's just not possible. Um, history tells us that. But I still think it's a special team. I think it's a special group. I think they know it. I think they have a, a, a esprit de corps in that, in that clubhouse. I think those guys generally like playing with each other. Now they're always going to be no bumps in the road. Like, you know, you're going to have the occasional flare up between maybe Randy and Wander. And, and that can happen to, to any two guys at any time. Cause you know, it's difficult. It's a long season. It's a, uh, uh, it's a grind and no one's going to get along all the time. So that's going to happen. But yeah, for the most part, I think, I think this is a special group. I think it's a special year and I'll be surprised if they fall off the map. I mean, I, I, that would that would be a bigger shock than them winning 14 in a row to start the season to me. I think this team is talented. I think they're deep. I think they know it. They've got to have some luck, and they've got to add some pieces. But, yeah, uh, they don't like the way they're trending either, but uh, I think they know how to fix it. I think they will. All right, Ryan tweeted us. He says, who would you take when it comes to winning the AL East, the Rays or the field? I think I'd take the Rays. And now – now that's with the caveat that the Baltimore Orioles who are lurking behind them, and I think what are there four teams in the American League East that that all have winning records? Which they is all so do, including rare. the Red oh, Sox in do. last play. They're they're like a game above five hundred. Okay, so every team, think about that. Every team in the division has a winning record, which is so unusual in baseball in particular. Um, the team that I would fear the most are the, is the team that's behind them. It would be the Baltimore Orioles because. They can turn every game into a six or seven inning game. That's how good their bullpen is. Um, you do not want to have to try to come from behind on these guys. So, and even having said that, as bad as the Rays are playing, and they've lost four in a row, and I don't know what it's been out of the last ten or twenty, uh, 11, what are they, eleven and and something, ten and thirteen, uh, twelve, ten and thirteen, or whatever. Yeah, um, at, as bad as they've played, as poorly as the record has been during that stretch. They're still five and a half games up. I mean, what does that tell you? It's hard to catch a good baseball team. Those teams play five hundred. It's hard to gain on them. Uh, you've got to play well above five hundred, even just to pick up a game or two. So, um, and then the teams behind Baltimore, I don't know if they can get hot enough to leapfrog all the teams above them, including the Orioles. So, yeah, I would take I would take the Rays over the field to win the AL East. I think they I think they'll find a way to do it. I think their lead is secure enough, and I don't expect them to be playing, you know, tailspin baseball 
um, sort of the way that they have been these last couple games because I think, frankly, they're playing really good teams. Like, that was a tough road trip. They went 3-3 three and three on. They easily could have won all but one of those games, I think. Um, and you were on the West Coast to boot. It was the second West Coast trip in about three weeks. So you can go on and on. There's a lot of reasons and excuses and things like that. Um, but I, I expect them to uh, to start trending back up pretty soon. And so for that reason, I think the lead is secure enough, and I think they're good enough that uh, that they'll win the AL East again. All right, Tommy tweeted us. He says, with the All-Star rake approaching, who was the first-half MVP for the Rays, in your opinion? Um, and we had this discussion this. a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's tough because and has your mind changed? You now a couple weeks ago we went through the the the, the candidates, including McClanahan. I think I took Wander Franco. Josh Lowe. Is that who I took? Uh, yes, you did take Wander Franco. I took Yandy Diaz. You took Yandy. Neither one of us took Randy, which but he was in the discussion as well as at the time Josh Lowe and Shane McClanahan. It's tough, man, because I mean, I'm willing to back off a wander, or even though he has the best war of any mm-hmm. player in baseball. Um, although I don't think I should. I mean, you get you know, the suspension has changed the perception, I think, a little bit of him. Um, but it was a hiccup, and he's 22 years old, and he's still he's still an all star. Yandi's power has has declined a little bit um, over the last month. Hasn't hit a home run in June. Uh, you know the guy. I at this point, Steve, because of all that the energy that he brings, as much as anything in Randy Land, it might be Randy Rosarena. I think he's been the most consistent. Uh, I mean, if not consistent, mm-hmm. I mean Diaz has been awfully consistent. Let's be honest. I mean, his batting average and his on base percentage is what it is. We've seen a little power drop off. I think it might be Randy though for the energy that he brings his club. Um, mm-hmm. for that that player in the lineup that you feel like can change the game with any swing, uh, and and just the excitement, you know the uh, you know what he's done, the connection with his fans. Um, I'm going to say it's Randy Rosarena. I'll still stick with Yandy, and and simply okay. because that offense is so much better when he's at the top of the lineup. Like mm-hmm. the time he missed when he was hurt, they struggled. Yep. And as yep. soon as he came back, he's leading the league in on base percentage. Now, granted, Randy's second in the league, so they're both right. extremely. I mean, I, I I can't argue if There's you want to say you want to say Randy's here. the MVP. I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, There's not. I'm not going to argue with Andy either. There's not a bad choice here. They're both been terrific. And I I guess I, I'll put it as, and this may not be a reason to pick an MVP, but if you don't have Randy, you've got other outfielders that are probably better than the first baseman backing up Yandy. True. You know, and not that that's, that's the reason to pick a most valuable player because both Randy and Yandy have been fantastic. Wander's yeah, been fantastic, and so has McClanahan. Josh Lowe's mm-hmm. tailed off a little bit, but uh, still having mm-hmm. a good season. But I don't think he's in the MVP candidate conversation right. for the Rays. Right. But uh, you know, I, I just I think Yandy at the top of that, or you know, he's and you'll hear from Neil next week on the podcast talking about how he's the prototypical leadoff hitter now in baseball because he gets on base. He's almost you know he's four hundred. Four out of ten times he's getting on base. It's crazy, you know, and that's yeah. what you need at the top of that order. And Randy's right behind him, so you've got two guys in your top four hitters. Generally, Randy moves from sometimes second, third, or fourth, but that are you and know, Randy's getting on base at biggest. almost four hundred. Here's the thing: Yanni Diaz was getting on base close to that clip mm-hmm. before. What he added was the power, but that's that's who he has been. Randy Rosarena has not been that guy until this year. 
Randy mm-hmm. has changed his game, has taken a, a, a more uh, measured approach to mm-hmm. balls that he's swinging at, not swinging at. He's been more selective. Um, he's He's been a more clutch, I think, than he's ever been uh, with runners in scoring position. Um, so he's he's made a big improvement in that area. Absolutely. So I, I, I think that's that's been the difference in his game. Like with Yandy, the power is the difference that he had, especially displayed early in the season. Um, Yandy's Yandy, you know, and he's also, I think he's also one of those quiet leaders. Like, you know, he's got that infectious smile and I can imagine uh, a Latin player in that clubhouse kind of setting the tone. He certainly sets the tone in the game as a leadoff batter. So, you know, there's probably a lot more there than we don't give him or I don't give him full credit for Mm -hmm. as far as just everything he does off the field, uh, in the clubhouse and stuff. But, um, Man, it's been impressive. All all three of those guys have have had a terrific start. As has McClanahan. You just hope that you know he as we as we do this that you know that that back starts to loosen up and he's able to have a good second half because that's they're going to need they they can't afford in my opinion to lose another starter. Uh, I think they're you know they got the three now the big three they can they can maintain this and and get through with the combination of the bullpen and maybe Taj Bradley improving and and and, and maybe they make a trade or two down the road, but. Um, I don't see them uh, being able to sustain the loss of another starter. I think that's going to be tough for them. All right, one more Rays question, then we'll get to a couple lightning questions. Michael had tweeted, when will Jonathan Aranda be called up by the Rays? Well, I don't know where where he can play, but, boy, you talk about a guy that's just a natural hitter. Um, We saw him a little bit last year, Mm -hmm. and I don't know that there's anything else he can do uh, in Durham. He uh, has been red hot the last month, month and a half. Yeah, he's wearing it out. Um, he struggled a little bit early in the season, and you you know you wonder just a rough start to the season or disappointed he didn't make the team. You know, it could be a lot of different things, but he has been red hot of late. Mm-hmm. And and you know, if Brandon Lau wasn't coming back and and he came back the other night, had he not come back sooner, you might have seen him up. And and if if Brandon Lau struggles or you know. You know, something an injury or something. He may be the next guy called up. I know Vidal Brujan's come up several times, but it may be Aranda the next call up based on the way he's playing. And I I know Brujan is you know gives him some stuff athletically and and, and versatility uh, you know from a position standpoint. But Aranda is just a pure hitter to me. I mean, a little bit we've seen him, and he's got a little power, a little surprising power. That guy can rake. It'd just be another good bat for them in the lineup. Mm-hmm. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, we'll get to some lightning questions here. And Brian had started. He says, since they are $4 million over the cap and still need to re-sign Tanner Janot, what are the feasible moves needed to make to get under the cap? Trading a big contract? And, Rick, I'll, I'll clarify this here for Take, you because I, I know yeah. you don't always know the salary cap. So the lightning currently are, and this is without their backup goalie, Johansson, who's listed as a minor league contract, but he'll be on the major league roster. They're $3.9 million over the cap. 
Johansson was 750. So it was really it's about 4.6 million over the cap, 4.7. But they have Brent Seabrook's contract still on there. And Brent Seabrook is, is is last year they traded for him in the Tyler Johnson trade. That was kind of what they got back. They had to take on Seabrook's contract to get rid of Tyler's contract. Seabrook is done for his career, but still getting paid. So he's going to go on LTIR, which gives them 6.875 million of cap space. So that leaves them a little bit over two million dollars right now of cap space. Okay, uh, which is probably enough to get Tanner Janot signed. I heard Julian Brisebois on with WDAE on Wednesday after the development camp, uh, mm-hmm. and they specifically asked him about Tanner Janot's contract. Uh, he said uh, they've you know had good talks with his camp. They kind of put it on the the shelf for the, the the NHL draft and then the development camp, and now they'll start reengaging in talks. But they basically know where that contract's going to land, essentially, um, give or take a little bit. But, you know, both sides have been talking. They know a ballpark. Julian Breesbaugh sounded very confident that they'll get the deal done. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, exactly what the deal is. And, and he is arbitration eligible and is filed for arbitration. So, at worst case, it goes to arbitration. But they basically know a range of where that contract's going to be. He sounded very confident and even said that felt that they could still – make a move or two depending you know if something comes up they don't have anything in the works he said they weren't planning on anything but if an opportunity comes up they still have some room to do that so you know Tanner Janot last year I believe made $800,000 a year he's a restricted free agent with arbitration rights so uh, you know maybe he gets a million two million and a half even uh, on a couple year deal you know that still leaves the Lightning a little bit of space to to possibly make a move or so. So I, they don't really have to trade a big contract. There's really not any contracts to trade on the team. To be honest, big ones. Um, you start looking. You know your big contracts right now are they're very top heavy, and then bottom heavy. So Kucherov, Point, Stamkos, Sergachev, Hedman, Chernak, and Sorelli. Those are the seven contracts making over five million. And Vasilevsky, eight of them making over. Over seven or five million dollars a year, and then you have Nick Paul at three, and then everybody else is two or below. So there's really not a, a big contracts to trade. Most of those bigger ones have no trade clauses with them. Although actually, Sergachevs and Chernaks do not, but I don't see them trading either one of those two. So, um, you know, I think the roster is fairly set. Maybe another player before training camp gets bought out, and you bring them in on a cheap contract or. You know, there's a, a another free agent out there. I mean, the Calvin DeHaan deal kind of came up. They kind of called him at the last minute and said, hey, interested. And he had kind of sat the bench in Carolina at the end of the year, and, and they got the deal done really quick. So, I mean, there's opportunities like that. But I think your roster is fairly set at this point, um, assuming Tanner Janot gets, you know, that deal gets done, which Julian Breesbaugh sounded like it would. Uh, and regardless, I mean, Tanner Janot is going to be a big name this year and have a big mm-hmm. role, especially without Pat Maroon around. He's sort of that guy that's going to take that enforcer row. So um, it'd be great for them to be able to lock him up. Mm-hmm. And it's also interesting, those eight contracts of over $5 million, Vasilevsky, Chernak, Hedman, Sergachev, Sorelli, Stamkos, Point, Kucherov, those are the only eight guys left from both Stanley Cups. That's it. Eight eight players. Yep. Zach Bogosian was on the first cup. He left, right, and now he's right. back. Okay. But those are the only eight players left from the team that were on both cups. Wow. It's only been two seasons since their last cup. I mean, and it's it's a shame because back in the day, but you're in a salary cap system, and that's that's what. Well, it's a hard cap, unlike the NFL. 
Right. And with COVID, the cap went from going up every go year up. to a flat yeah. cap because the owners right. took on so much expense during COVID. The players right. are still paying that money back because it's a revenue split. The players get, at the time, I think it was 48% of the revenue. Mm-hmm. And and so as they lost all that revenue from COVID, no fans in the stands and all the expenses to put on the, to agree to pay it back. the bubble yeah. and then the next season, limited fans and this. So the revenues were way down, but the players' contracts were there and they didn't reduce the salary cap. So the owners fronted the money, and the players have to pay them back through escrow. So they've been paying all this money in escrow that is going back to the owners to pay them back for the money they fronted during the years when the revenues went down. Now they're back up now, and the hope is next year the salary cap may go up significantly. It may go Mm -hmm. up five, six, seven million dollars next year. I mean, based on if if there wasn't past debts to pay by the players, the cap would be going up right now for the NHL because the revenues are way up. But those owners are still owed that money back from the revenue split. So um, once that gets paid off, and, and it looks like next year you're going to start seeing the cap go up significantly, which puts the Lightning in a really good position because they have all their core guys locked up. And then next year, Steven Stamkos's $8.5 million contract comes off the books. Now, presumably he will resign, but not for nearly that much. That's your hope, at least. And and I don't see him going elsewhere. I think you'll find him signing for three four million dollars here. That's a huge savings off the books. And if the cap goes up five six seven million, and Samkos's contract gets reduced by say four million, or four and a half or five, then that gives you a lot of flexibility next year. And so the the salary cap crunch for the Lightning. This is another tough year which is why they had to see Ian Cole go and Ross Colton and you know and make those those changes well just the last 2 years mm-hmm. i mean here's the thing and i don't know i can't explain this i think it's the most tampa thing ever we can't have nice things mm-hmm. i mean i always go back to that yes. and it's true um you know the 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 tampa bay buccaneers when first of all tom brady arrives <laughs> yeah that's going to happen tom brady arrives at an age where most people think he's done but no 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 just wait they're 7 and 5 uh, they hey, they won the super bowl but there's no fans. And the Super Bowl's in Raymond James Stadium. Eh, but there's only 25,000 fans. Uh, and so, you know, you got a week of, uh, you know, Super Bowl shenanigans and, and NFL experience. Eh, but there's COVID. Now, okay, the Lightning, they, the Lightning have won the Stanley Cup. Man, there's COVID. And I know we got to see him play and go to the arena and watch him. And then the Lightning win the Stanley Cup again. Like the first time they won it, uh, back in 2004, the next year there was a damn strike. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like a player stoppage or whatever it was, a lockout. I don't know whether it was a strike or a lockout, but the point is they didn't play hockey, like for the year. Um, and then now you have this situation where you're paying for COVID essentially because mm-hmm. the arenas were empty and had to be, and so the owners lost a lot of money. As you said, they fronted it to the players. They didn't change the salary cap, but now the givebacks come. And so that has further made it difficult for them to maintain any, you know, a significant part of their roster. And so they're down to nine players who won two Stanley Cups. Like that is the most Tampa Bay thing ever, in my opinion. It really is. And, and as you've always said, we can't have nice things. We can't have nice things. No one wants us to have nice things in Tampa. I don't know why, even though we were Tampa Bay for a while. Mm-hmm. All right, well, Luis uh, tweeted us. He says, after closely watching free agency for the Lightning, I was left concerned. Looking at the new additions, I can't help but feel like the team is worse off now. 
We have our core and outer core, but those bottom guys are a big part of a win. Any addition you think we could make, should make. Any player still available that could be a final, a good final piece. Are they worse off? I mean, you would like to have Alex Kalorn. Pat, Pat Mahoon, I mm-hmm. think, for the most part, has been played out. I mean, we yep. talked about you know This team needed to get faster, more athletic, maybe even younger in some areas. I don't know that they're – I mean, well, I'll say this. the year before they had more losses than they did this year. I'll say this. As we said going into last year, were they as good of a team going into last year as they were the year before? No. They lost McDonough. They lost Palat, and they had to sign some cheaper guys because of the flat, hard cap in, in, in hockey. Yep. Are they a better team now going into the season than they were going into last season? Without Kalorn, without Ian Cole, without Ross Colton. I would say they're probably not a better team. But in this case this year, you know, is, you know, replacing Alex Kalorn is going to be tough, and I don't think you have one player that can do that. I think Connor Sheary is is a is probably the person that you're most likely to see in that role that could move up and down the lineup, can play with, with the top lines, but also play in a shutdown role. But I think the fourth line is going to be a lot better. And and not that you don't like Pierre Edward Belmar and Pat Maroon and Corey Perry. But the bottom line is going to be a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Like that line last year, it was really noticeable last year that yes. that line was extremely slow. And, and Pat was Maroon much... was always kind of slow. Corey Perry slowed down a lot last year. And he's 38 years old. That's to be expected. Pierre Ward Belmar's 38 years old. He got slower as well. Still good players. But I, I think what you're going to see on this team is you're going to see a lot more speed. Luke mm-hmm. Lindenning's good on the faceoffs, too, on the fourth line. I think That's Josh gonna Archibald's going to be good, you know. Every guy they bring, Tanner Janot is kind of like Pat Maroon, particularly the tough guy role, but he can skate. And, and that's what you're hearing out of everything that when every guy the Lightning assigned, it's good skater, good skater, good mm-hmm. skater, is they have made an emphasis this year to get quicker, and particularly in that fourth line, where generally you have some slower guys, but you still need some speed. They're going to have guys now that can skate. And that's been everything you hear of every guy they're signing. So can you replace an Alex Kalorn? Are you going to have a guy as good as Alex Kalorn in that role? Probably not. Uh, are they going to find ways to make it work? Kind of like losing Ryan McDonough. You know, Ian Cole was a big part. Sergachev stepped up and did more, but Ian Cole took a lot of those minutes. And they kind of divvied up what McDonough did over the team. You're going to see that with with Alex Kalorn as well, whether it's Glendening or Archibald. Connor Sheary is going to be a big part of that. Same with Ross Colton as well. Um, but that bottom that bottom line is going to get a lot quicker. And I think that's going to be noticeable on the ice. And, and you hope that that helps make up for some of the losses that they've had. But in a hard salary cap, you know, it's not like the NFL where for Tom Brady, they kicked money down the road. Oh, yeah. You, you just know? renegotiate some contracts yeah. and you can do what mm-hmm. you want. Yeah. And so now the Bucks are paying for it this year or they've decided to, okay, we're going to take our lumps this year instead of keep kicking it down the road. In the NHL, it's a hard salary cap. It's your contracts, four years, $25 million. It doesn't matter how the money's divvied up when you're paid. It's that 6.25 a year on the cap, done. Guaranteed, hard cap, no no adjusting, no renegotiating. You know, it, it, it is what it is. It's a very hard cap, unlike some of the other leagues where there's a soft cap. So, And I think, too, um, and uh, 
you're going to hear from Eduardo Encina in future broadcasts here, but I, I think that, as he pointed out, they just gave up too many chances, you know, to Andre Vasilevsky. I mean, you, you have mm-hmm. to have more speed um, to prevent some of those some of those chances, and, and mm-hmm. I think that n- the new fourth line yep. will be more equipped to do that. And Glenn Denning's face – I mean, he's Glenn Denning is a – Face-offs alone. 50, yeah. He won 59% of his face-offs last year. His career, I think he's 55-plus. You know, having a fourth line that can win face-offs, you know – Huge. More often than not, that's huge to help your defense, oh, to help yeah. your play, because generally they're getting shifts in the defensive zone, not the offensive zone. That's right. And so that's I think right. I think he's going to be a great addition to this team and can do penalty kill in that. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of what Pierre Ward Belmar did, but I think he can skate better and is probably a little better in the faceoff dot. So, you know, in some ways they got a little bit better. I mean, are they a better team going into this year than they were last year? I don't think I'm, I could say that. Maybe not personnel wise. I'll tell you mm-hmm. where else they got better. Rest. This team needed. This team needed to rest. You mentioned there's nine guys. Mm-hmm. Those nine dudes, especially under Vasilevsky, needed a mental break mm-hmm. as well as a physical one. So they'll be better that way too. Yep. And, and the backup goalie, you know, we'll see if they're better. Uh, Brian Elliott did be. really well in, in that role. They got a young guy, so we'll see. A young guy with lots of potential. This has good numbers everywhere he's been. Just never really a shot yeah. in the NHL. So yeah. Johansson, we'll see whether you know what Franjean and the the coaching staff at the Lightning can do to help him become sure. better. So, all right, we'll wrap up on this. And Michael had asked, did the Lightning essentially choose Connor Sheary over Ross Colton? I mean, I think with Ross, Steve, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, they they had a, a, a again it goes back to salary cap. He was mm-hmm. going to be a restricted free agent, so yeah, with arbitration uh, rights, so you don't necessarily get to control his. Salary. You don't get the bottom line, right? Mm-hmm. So he he was going to cause more salary cap mm-hmm. angst, and he was in a position where he was very tradable. Yep, because other teams would would like his contract situation. I, I to me to me, Connor Sheary is the replacement for Alex Kalorn. Now I don't think mm-hmm. he's just like Alex Kalorn, much like Brendan Hagel was Andre Palat's replacement. Not necessarily everything, but I mean. You know, a guy that can play the top line can move down, be Trades. a shutdown guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's why yeah. they kind of got Hagel, knowing that they were most likely going to lose Palat because he. That's right. He got you know five million dollars a year for six, or was it six million dollars a year for five years in New Jersey? You know, Hagel's they weren't going to be able to afford too. him. They, you know, yeah. they knew they weren't they couldn't afford Kalorn, and once they didn't get a deal done with Kalorn, apparently they were talking right up until free agency started, couldn't get mm-hmm. that done. So then they pivot to Connor Sheary. To me, he's kind of the replacement now. His salary, it may be the replacement of the salary Sheary over Colton, although I think Colton will get more than $2 million a year. And, and they mm-hmm. signed Sheary for three years for $2 million. But Sheary, is, and, and Eduardo will go into this more next week, has played with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Has played with Alexander Ovechkin on their lines at times too. So he's a guy that can move up and down the line, that can play the shutdown line, can also move up the line. Kind of what we've seen Alex Kalorn. He's played all over the place in the lineup, the, the, the Lightning, mm-hmm. for years. And, and I think yep. I think Sheary's more the replacement for Kalorn. Not exactly the same player. Not a, you know, not going to may not be quite as good as Alex Kalorn at this point in their careers. I mean, Alex is coming the off a career year, face offs, defense, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. But but he I, to me, Sheary's more replacing that. Mm-hmm. Maybe the salary swap is with Colton. Um, right. But you know, I, I, Colton, I think look, Colton's a good player, a good young player, a great success story of the Lightning development program. You know, a lower draft pick that worked his tail off and got to the mm-hmm. the NHL scores the game winning goal of the Stanley Cup. Um, you know, a great great story. But 
I, I think the Lightning were, I don't say confident, but you know, they have other guys that they could sign like Ross Colton. You know, Alex Kalorn is, is a little different skill set, and I think they felt they needed to replace him. So some of that salary had to go to a guy like Connor Sheary. Um, you know, and Ross Colton will do great, and he's going to a great team in Colorado, and he'll be fantastic out there and, and look forward to seeing how his career keeps building yeah. up because, you know, he's got great potential there too. So, um, you know, it, it's good to see him go to a good team. We'll have a shot too. So, Right. All right, great mailbag questions. Of course, all those answered 100% correctly, and don't forget this or your money back. Uh, we are going on vacation. We get a lot what? of vacation. That's what? why we take a lot of vacation. What's yeah, vacation? What's a, vacation? Well, in, in this in this podcast world, uh, there is none. And what it means is we just work harder for you so that you will continue to have the quality program you've grown accustomed to and then some. We didn't just get you know anybody to interview for these podcasts while we're gone. We've done the work. Now you get to listen to the benefits of it. We have... A star-studded list, such as Eduardo Encina, who covers the Tampa Bay Lightning, can answer more of your questions about the Lightning, their future, what this offseason has been about, um, the prospects that they have arriving, uh, those stars that have left as well. And then the lovely, the talented Sarah Walsh of the NFL Network, who also does some work for TNT and women's soccer. My good friend is going to join us and talk about some very funny stuff that has happened with her on Good Morning Football. I don't know if you've caught the golf rant. Uh, but it has been viral, and so you need to do that, and we'll talk to Sarah. Also have Neil Solons, the uh, Rays uh, play-by-play uh, voice with Andy Freed, uh, who's had a, uh, a kind of a busy first half, kind of pulling double duty a little bit with the pregame show as well, uh, but just a magical start to the season in his first year, of course, after the, the terrible loss of uh, Dave Wills, and nonetheless him and Andy have formed a, a, very, a very good team and have been uh, on the call with what has been one of the best starts, uh, not just for the Rays, but uh, in baseball uh, this season. And then Bob Herrig, a former colleague of mine, of course, you've read him on ESPN. He's now with Sports Illustrated. He is headed across the pond, as they say, for the Open Championship at, uh, I think it's Royal Liverpool this year. But uh, regardless, Bob, of course, uh, has lots to talk. There's been so much going on in golf with the merger, or, or at least the uh, – I guess, proposed merger between Live Golf and the PGA Tour, uh, all of that, as well as uh, previewing the Open Championship over there in uh, in England. So we have all of that for you. We did this for you so you can listen, as you always do, to these beautiful guests, this great podcast, while we're, I don't know, kind of soaking up the sun, maybe reconnecting with our families a little bit, and I guess you call this vacation. Yeah, we have families. Well, I guess I should reconnect if I got one. <laughs> I'm reminded of that every now and then when I'm up here till 1230 at night. But yeah, um, yes, we do. And, and so hopefully you can uh, you can reintroduce yourself as I will uh, to my children and what's, my wife. But, what's going to be weird is not talking to you every day. Yeah, but you won't miss that too much. Well, I didn't say I mean, I'd I, miss it. I said it'll be weird. Yeah, it will be weird. Yeah, because we spend more time talking <laughs> to each other than anybody else. I if if what what did you say the other day? It was something like fifteen hundred shows. We're over fifteen hundred shows now. Now the wow. first you know, the first what, six months was Rick and Tom. Yeah, but I mean, you know, yeah. that guy. So we've been doing <laughs> we've been doing probably at least fourteen hundred shows. Yeah, easily. 
that's a lot. Start counting. You know, I always say this to my wife sometimes when I, when I throw these numbers around. I go, okay, start now. One, two, three. <laughs> and when you get, it's a lot, okay? Like, it, it's a lot of shows. When you consider that that's, you know, several hours each each time and, and whatnot. But, hey, we enjoy it. We do it for you. We're glad you're listening. We hope you tell other people about it. And continue to listen to Sports yeah. Day Tampa Bay as we take some time off. And give us your feedback, too. What do you guys like on the show? Yeah, T- you know, Tweet us, email us. Talk about us. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, do you, what guests do you like? What topics do you like? What what hosts you like? You know, if you don't like us, you know, just let us know. You know. Yeah, what don't you like? I mean, you can tell us what you don't like, and we'll try to avoid it. If you don't like liver and onions, I'm not going to cook you liver and onions every week. I told you, know, this yeah. is... This is kind of your your deal. So we want to we want to please to a to a degree. Hmm. <laughs> and we may even put a survey day. out soon asking what you like. So you should do that. That survey ready yet? I know it's close. Yeah, yeah. We, we'll do that when we get back from vacation. We'll put that out. There you go. All right. Well, in the meantime, have a terrific weekend, a, a terrific couple of weeks, and enjoy our podcast as always. Same time, same bat channel uh, as we talk to some of our better guests uh, that you get to talk to about uh, the Lightning, the Rays professional golf, all that stuff coming up uh, over the next week or so. In the meantime, for Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend. We will be back next week, of course, with more shows for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.